Welcome to the OKC First Church of the Nazarene podcast. At OKC First, we are learning to do three things, friendship with God, friendship with one another, and open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. I don't know what you're doing today, this afternoon, but I have a couple of suggestions. Thank you, sir. Um, in addition to chili cook-off, which, as I've told you, it might be my third favorite day of the year. Um, there are a couple of things, a couple of things happening in our city today that I would like for you to be a part of, and I'm going to announce one of them at the beginning of my sermon and the other one at, toward the end of the sermon. Um, I know there are some really important football games on today that I want to see, so I'm going to record them. And if you are a Thunder fanatic, as I am as well, uh, you'll be pleased to know that the Thunder game against the Nets, because of weather, has been pushed to this evening. So you wouldn't be missing that if you were to go to one of these things. We are in the middle of an epiphany series entitled uh, Fear and Desire. And um, let's talk about the fear part the fear is that God might have been serious when God calls his people, the church, to be involved in world-changing sorts of ways. And it's fearful because we look around and it doesn't seem like we can do anything because it doesn't seem like that we have very often done anything. But the desire part, something deep within us that wants to believe whether we believe it or not, there's something deep within us that wants to believe that we can, in fact, because we enjoy the same spirit that we keep talking about, and we'll talk about more in just a second, we can, in fact, do something. That God can use us to do something and something good and something important. We, we have that deep desire. It resonates within us when we are, are, are able to see some progress, any kind of progress that we have it. I think at times we don't make the impact on our city that we need to make because we too often are uh, isolationists when it comes to the way that we do church. So not too long ago, I was invited to be a part of this group, um, the Oklahoma Alliance for Liturgy and the Arts. And I did not know such an organization existed anywhere. But they called not too long ago and said, hey, would you come and speak on January 24th, 4 o'clock, January 24th, which would be today, I guess, at 4 o'clock at St. Augustine of Canterbury Episcopal Church up on 147th in May. Now, it turns out we are in the middle of a, a week of prayer on unity, Christian unity. This is the 109th year that the church has celebrated one way or another this week where we pray. I didn't know this. I didn't know it. But I was invited to come be a part of it, and so I've been invited to come be a part of the meetings and preparation for this service today at 4 o'clock, and apparently it's going to be a really, really cool reception thereafter. And, um, you know, every reception's better when you get a bunch of Nazarenes in there. We all know that. But I'm sitting around the table with folks from the Catholic Church and folks from the Episcopal Church folks from the Presbyterian Church, and folks from the Methodist Church, and Lutheran folks, and they reached out to the Nazarenes, reached out to us in particular, and said, hey, would you be a part of this? 
and um, would you speak? I said, yes, I'll speak. And they said, send me a picture. And so I, <laughs> I sent them a picture, and they sat back, and they said, we just want you to send a picture, not a glamour shot. Just send us a picture. <laughs> so if you don't have anything else to do, even if you do have something else to do, this is an, at least an option for you today. Um, turns out there are other people in the city who believe that we could get more done if we walk together. That the prayer for Christian unity is an important one. And they handed me my text, which is not the same text that I'm using this morning. It's out of 1 Peter 2, where, where Peter, the author, says, you're a holy nation, a kingdom of priests. And I, and I think it's probably fair to say that we don't very often, as the different churches, we don't very often work together. And maybe that's why we can have Again, more churches than gas stations in Oklahoma City, and yet have some of the issues that we have. We don't work well, play well together. We're not the body that we're intended to be sometimes. So as I preach today, as I talk to us about being the body with a capital B, I am for sure talking about the ways in which we should understand ourselves, those of us who call this place home, that we should understand ourselves as a body, but there are levels to this body. I also intend to say that churches, churches should understand themselves as part of the body with a capital B. What body? Well, the, the body of Christ. Um, now, this is uh, Da Vinci's um, Vitruvian Man. Now, Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man was constructed to demonstrate the beautiful, beautiful proportionality of the perfect body. Now, Vitruvius was a first century architect who said that all the best architecture was itself a reflection of the perfect body in its proportionality and the way that all of the members of that same body would cohere together. And, and Da Vinci's capitalizing on this and, and doing both art and science as he does this. And I think for us it can serve as, as something of a reminder that we are a body that's supposed to function well together, the different parts functioning well together to make the body the body. And when we say that around here, what we mean in Christian circles is the body of Christ. Notice I did not say the body of Jesus. Body of Christ, the Messiah. Because if you'll remember, Jesus seems to have had more than one body. <laughs> okay, there was the pre, you're not excited about this yet, but you will be. There was the pre-crucifixion body. The pre-crucifixion body was, we believe, a body just like ours, individually speaking just like ours. You could hurt and damage that body. You could even hurt and damage it so much that you could kill that body. And so they torture and humiliate and, and do ultimately kill Jesus. And then God raised him from the dead. <laughs> and then God raised him from the dead with, I guess, a different body because uh, someone very close to him, as close as, as Mary would have been to him, was there and perhaps she was crying so hard she couldn't necessarily see him or perhaps there was something different about that body. There was something different about that body. It was the body now of Christ, the body of the Messiah. Now that was a different kind of body. 
Now, maintain some similarity, no doubt about it. It, it maintained some similarity, but it was a different kind of body. Now, the body of Jesus was able to do some miraculous sorts of things, but the body of Christ was super miraculous. Eternal. And still would manifest the wounds that suffered while residing within the body of Jesus, but the body of Christ, you can see that those wounds are no longer fatal, but overcomable. The body of Christ, the body of the Messiah, demonstrates for us, even in using the language, the body of Christ, this body of the Messiah, demonstrates for us that the Messiah, sure enough, the one that we ached for and hoped for and prayed for and wrote about and sang about all those years prior to, this is the one who has the, the capability and the capacity to change everything and redeem and rescue and restore the world, and that's a great place for all God's people to say and so it's important that you understand that you are not the body of Jesus. You're the body of Christ. Ooh, wait, hey, ooh, wow. John, if you're not careful, we're going to leave here with the Messiah complex. No, I don't want anybody to leave here with the Messiah complex. However, however, I do want you to recognize that it seems to be the desire of God that you would be the body of Christ. The tangible, touchable presence of Christ, empowered to do and to be what God and what all of creation aches for the Christ to do and to be. And we say it and we underline it and we put it in bold print and we amplify it every time we do a baptism. Every time we do a baptism, we're saying this same thing. Without perhaps knowing that we're saying it, we're saying there's a difference between the body of Jesus pre-crucifixion and the body of Christ the Messiah post-resurrection. And you are baptized, if you'll remember, if you've ever been baptized, if you've ever been baptized in this baptistry right here, it happens the same way every time. There's a little bit of oil for healing because life wounds sin hurts, and sometimes you're the sinner, and sometimes you're the sinned against. And so the oil is meant for the purposes of healing. And then some person, some strong person, <laughs> takes hold of another person and plunges that person into the water, beneath the water, associating you and aligning you with the death of Jesus that's right out of the Bible. Does everybody know this? This is right out of the Bible. Paul will say this right out loud. You are identified with Christ in Christ's death in baptism. You're plunged into the water. You all know, right, if we were to leave you beneath the water, it'd be bad for your body. But then you're raised. And upon finding your feet, having come out of the water, it's not anymore that you are somehow, you're not baptized into the body of Jesus. You are baptized into and aligned with and identified with the body of Christ, the Messiah. And then someone puts their hands on you and they say, this same spirit now is yours. 
The same spirit. You know, this is heady stuff. And some of you have already checked out. It's a little too sci-fi for some of you. I'm, guys, this is in the Bible. I, I'm not making any You can check my work. I want you to check my work. Hopefully you have your Bibles and you're somewhere around 1 Corinthians 12. But I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. As we understand ourselves as part of the body, that body we're talking about is not the body of Jesus pre-crucifixion. It's the body of Christ, the Messiah, post-resurrection. Oh, man, I need more than three of you to say amen to that. Maybe this is why we live in a city, in a state that can have that many. There are, there's only one city in the country that has more Christians, evangelicals per capita, than this city. Only one. Maybe our inability, maybe, maybe you think that you've been baptized into the body of Jesus and that all we're ever making is morality statements. That, if that's the case, that would explain a lot. Because folks baptized into the body of Christ, this chair is now in my way, folks baptized in the body of Christ who enjoy the exact same spirit you do recognize, right, that the Bible goes way out of its way to say to you, please have this spirit, the same spirit. In the Gospels, it's as clear as this. Jesus breathing on folks and saying, here, here's the spirit. By the way, immediately after, Jesus says very powerful words that go something like this. Here's the spirit. Now, when you forgive folks, they are forgiven. And if you don't forgive folks, they aren't. In other words, I want you to do and be this whole Christ thing. Empowered as Christ was and is by the same Spirit. Second chapter of Acts. Second chapter of Acts. A group of folks who do not yet understand what has happened. They're still trying to figure out how to make theological sense of the resurrection. By the way, so are we. It's much easier to be people who live on the shadow of the cross it's much harder to be people who live in the light of the resurrection to this day. Folks who are still trying to figure out what it means are granted again, are granted this spirit, or at least a huge demonstration that the spirit is already theirs. I'm not sure which one it is. And upon being granted this spirit, they are made capable of doing things that they weren't capable of doing before. Now, we're not talking about giving the capacity to speak in unintelligible languages because that's not what the Bible says. What the Bible says is people who couldn't speak Spanish before were given the capacity to, to do so. So that everyone could hear in their own language that sure enough, God has come and changed everything through Christ. And now there will be a body of people known as the church who will now be the tangible, touchable body of Christ. Okay. We'll keep going, it's all right. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is, you would think it would say here, the church. It doesn't say the church. It says so it is with Christ. Christ. Right? Wouldn't it make more sense to us? 
you know, kind of frightened, low self-image folks that we typically can be as believers, wouldn't it make more sense that we kind of want it to say, so it is with the church? Capital C, we could capitalize it, but it doesn't say that. What it says is Christ. Christ now has many body parts, and we are one. (laughs) And you are one. Christ is tangible and touchable. You know why? Because you are. I am. We are. Now, really, this is not necessarily new. I think this is the way God has done God things throughout. If you remember all the way back to the Ten Commandments, there was this one very troubling, very very disconcerting, I think, that says no idols. Wouldn't it have been nice to have had an, other faith systems get idols? Something to look at, put your hands on, believe in, tangible. We need tangible. But our God said, no, none of that. No stone statues, no golden statues, none of this. You are to have none of this. No statues, and I mean it. And here's why. You, you are to be the tangible, touchable presence of God in the world. It was the case all the way back in the Old Testament, and now, just as plainly as Christ can say it, as plainly as God can say it, and as plainly as the Spirit can demonstrate it, that's who we still are, the tangible, touchable presence of God in the world, and different from all the other bodies out there. You know, this, this discussion of a group of people being understood as a body, that was not new. In fact, Paul was probably drawing on culture-wide understandings, maybe even Roman or Greek understandings of a lot of people being the body politic, the body, a group of people. But in the way that the outside world thought about it, there was still that pecking order, and there were some folks who were hugely important, more important than you, and then there was you. And you really needed to know where you stood or where you sat, or where you found yourself in terms of that whole pecking order. But Paul comes along and says, yeah, we're a body, but we're a body unlike any other body in that everybody is just as important as everybody else. That is something that makes us a little bit different, right? I I am not sure that we always embody this here as well as we could or should. But that is the unique nature of the body of Christ wherever you might find it. It should be the case. It should be the case that all of its members understand that they are crucial to the operation of the body. All of them should. And if you have not felt that here, I apologize. We must do better to make sure that you know that you are as important as, and you can fill in that blank. Because you are, you are. Now, I say that and I believe it. It's another thing for you to believe it. And maybe that's why, let's just talk about our own local context. Maybe that's why we don't have more volunteers. Maybe you look at yourself and you say, I don't have as much to offer as, look, I mean, she is so talented and she knows how to talk to everybody else and I don't, I don't have as much to offer as so-and-so over there. Okay, listen to me. Yes, you do. We just got to figure out what that is and we need it. Whatever it is, we need it because, sure enough, you are super important. And then we're not just making some sort of a feel-good statement here. Hear this. We're a different kind of expression of a different kind of kingdom in which weak or strong, strong or weak, 
and rich or poor, and poor or rich. Because there lies the hope of the world. <laughs> listen, listen. If the hope of the world lies with those who are going to be the biggest and the strongest, we really don't need faith. But as history has taught us, the most powerful among us, if addicted to power, are doomed to failure. We'll collapse beneath the weight of our own appetites for power and more and more and more. The hope of the earth, well, what are the eternal? What is there around us that's eternal? Well, Christ, the Messiah, resurrected and won't die again. Christ is eternal. Maybe that's why you can look around and say, wow, the church is still here. Is there a sense of the eternal where the church is concerned? Uh, yes. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that you are going to live forever somehow, that you will never, that we'll never have a funeral for you. I'm not saying that at all, because chances are we will. The church is eternal because it enjoys the same spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead. And by the way, and by the way, this same spirit, the resurrected Jesus had this uncanny ability to be on two sides of a wall. Like it even seemed like his body could somehow pass through a locked door. Again, that's in the Bible as well, right? Because the spirit enables what couldn't be before. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Is it possible that the spirit that allowed Jesus to be several different places at one time allows the church, now the body of Christ, to be several different places at one time? Yeah, but there are walls. Yeah, I know, I know. Some of the best church work, some of the best work of the Church of the Nazarene happens on the other side of walls where we are supposedly not allowed. <laughs> There's this whole reason that we use the terminology creative access, and I promise you, some of the best work we're doing right now, we can't talk about. Because empowered by the Spirit, the Spirit of the Christ, we're everywhere. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, and yet one body. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We're going to have a membership ceremony here pretty soon. Um, and in that membership ceremony, if you, uh, please, please become a I've been asking some of you, and I won't point at you, but I've been asking some of you to consider membership for a long time now, and if you don't do it this time, then I will publicly point at you and just call you out. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Going to have a membership class soon, three-week membership class, and in this class, you'll be walked through the unique belief structure of the Church of the Nazarene. You'll be walked through the unique history and belief structure of Oklahoma City First Church. And stuff like this will be said to you. Okay, we want you to take part. We want you to find a group to which you can belong and know and be fully known. 
A smaller group of people, we do want you to worship. We want you to be involved in your own, uh, the, the construction of your own household of faith. And we want you to serve. And it's not just because in serving, you complete your spiritual resume. It's because we are gifted this spirit and by the Spirit, and as we work together and move around as the body, not of Jesus, not the body of Jesus, but the body of the eternal Messiah, we are granted the capacity to change all things toward God's dreams for all things. And you need to be busy doing such a thing. Because you are all gifted the Spirit. I gotta tell you, this church has had seasons in which it was fully aware that God was using them to change the world. I am happy to report <laughs> that our church has never had a problem with women in ministry. I'm happy that our church, uh, over its history, has always looked for ways to reach beyond the lines to include people and bring folks in. Our church has always had a heartbeat for the neighborhood in which it, it, it sits, or else we wouldn't have a Ron Wheeler. We've always had that spirit. I, I will say this. At various points in time in our history, we've always had that spirit that allows us to say, hey, we're more than just the body of Jesus. We are the body of Christ, gifted, gifted to make changes. And sure enough, the church has been able to make some changes along the way. It's a beautiful thing. What kind of changes should we be making? There's another passage of scripture that was available to me today, and, and I want to access it now, and we're headed toward that other announcement, but I want to access it now because if ever you need to know what it is that we are supposed to be doing, always go to Luke chapter 4. Always go to Luke chapter 4. Let me just read a little bit out of Luke chapter 4 for us. I'm going to start with verse 14, and then it picks up there with verse 18. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the... Okay. All right. Let's try. I'm going to give you another run and go at that one, okay? Here we go. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the... Returned to Galilee, and a report about him sped throughout the, all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Here's what he read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Man, if you ever need a slide's worth of evidence, <laughs> if you ever need a slide's worth of inspiration, if you were ever asking the question, what are we doing? What are we supposed to be doing? What does it mean to be Christian? What does it mean to be a part of the church now known as the body, not of Jesus, but the body of Christ the Messiah? It doesn't get any better than that. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, here comes a stunner. <laughs> Jesus, you can start to see why folks were mad enough at him to damage him. 
Watch this. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. By the way, we think he sat where he wasn't supposed to sit. He sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and then he began to say to them, today. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Folks, because Christ on that day said today, hear this, because Christ on that day said today, every day is today. Every day is the today where these great hopes and dreams for a new creation brought about by the body of Christ. In that sense, Jesus and in this sense, us. Every day is today. So today at 3 o'clock, <laughs> because maybe the first one doesn't ring your bell, maybe this one might at 3 o'clock. Another group of churches are going to gather, and folks from our church are going to gather. Over at St. John Missionary Baptist Church, 5700 North Kelly, and this will be the topic of conversation, public safety at risk, fines and fees, and the Oklahoma criminal justice system, because let me tell you, having seen it up close and personal, this is a way in which the state keeps people captive. And maybe the state and this particular system runs unchecked because the church does not make good use of the spirit. No, not just this. This is not the only issue. It, it is an issue for today. And you are invited to come listen in and take part in this kind of conversation because I gotta tell you, the fractures in the creation around us, the injustices in creation around us, the wounds, the gaping wounds that we see around us Shouldn't it be that Christ should have something to do with those things? Well, then let's be the body of Christ. Let's be the body of Christ. Because the scripture tells us so many of us, and by the way, if you have not yet been baptized, we want you to be baptized. By the way, here's this beautiful bowl of water, which is beautiful in and of itself. I think bowls of water are just beautiful. This one signifies an opportunity for you to remember that you are baptized not into the body of Jesus, but you are baptized in the body of Christ and gifted, granted the spirit that enables you to swim in this particular school of fish, in this particular school of fish known as the church, and I mean it for us and I mean it for the larger church, this particular bunch of people has the capacity if they are willing to do so and aren't too busy to do so. Change everything. Change everything. 
And so, as you come to be nurtured and encouraged and nourished to be a part, Christ makes Christ's body available to you every week. You're also invited to remember that you also are gifted the same spirit by placing your fingers. Now, we don't want anybody to go elbows all the way in into the thing here. There's a little towel here to help you if you just dip your fingers in, and then there's... And we talked about maybe having several different bowls, and i got to tell you, at this point, we've decided against it because we think there's something really good about the work that you have to do to come find it. It's right here. I promise we won't hide it from you. It's right here. Who needs to be reminded, though, that they are gifted, resourced by the Spirit to be a part, an essential, crucial part of the body of Christ, gifted and granted the capacity to make the changes that Christ wants to see made. Who needs to be reminded of that fact? This guy, all the time. How about you? Man, if you think about it today, you have the chance to be fed, encouraged, and nourished, and reminded that you are able. If you're helping us today, would you go ahead and make your way? So you have a couple of things to think about today. Chili cook-off is important. I hope that you'll stay for that. It's a great time to be together. And your pastor loves chili. Then there is a 3 o'clock meeting at St. John Missionary Baptist Church where you can be part of the conversation that perhaps starts to organize the church to be ready to make the tangible difference that we are expected and resourced to make. Or perhaps you can go and be a part of the gathering at 4 o'clock at St. Augustine Episcopal up on 147th in May where we will celebrate our diversity and yet our unity. By the way, no one ever said uniformity, and I'm glad. I will, everybody else is going to be wearing vestments, and I'll, be, I'll, I'll find my suit <laughs> and wear it today. <laughs> Hopefully you'll find your way to one of those two places because you appreciate the breadth and the power of the people of God baptized into Christ. Heavenly Father, bless these elements. And God, we mean the bread and the cup, and we also mean the water and the bowl. God, and as we partake and participate, do nourish us and help us and fund our imaginations and grant us the capacity to remember our baptism and to remember the implications of our baptism. May we understand ourselves to be equipped and resourced and helped. God, as fearful as it might be, remind us of our calling as the body of Christ. May we find, as we walk in obedience, may we find that the work that you have given to us resonates so deeply. Come to find out, Lord. Help us to see that we are made in your image.
moment, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Exit your pew to the left, and then come forward. Come forward postured to receive this gift that you cannot get in any other way. You can't reach out and grab it, steal it. You can't buy it. You receive this as a gift, but it's made available to you every week. As you come with your hands cupped, the person with the bread will take a piece of that bread and press it into your hands and say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Take that piece of bread then and dip it into the cup. Someone will be standing right there with the cup. Dip it into that cup. When you do, that person will say, and this is the blood of Christ shed for you. And then take and eat and then find a place to pray. Now, you can pray on your way over here to the bowl of water. Or perhaps you'll make your way to one of these side padded altars where someone will meet you and pray a prayer for healing. We believe very deeply in that prayer, prayed for healing. Physical, emotional, mental, theological, relational healing. If you're in need of healing, we want to pray with you. Or maybe you'll find your way to one of these altars. And I don't know what you're going to pray about here because it doesn't matter. You can pray about anything you want one of these altars, but what you'll find is someone will come and pray with you. Someone will touch you on the back, the neck, the shoulder, and let you know that you are not alone. In other words, someone will embody the very presence of God in your life, the God who is for you. It was on the night he was betrayed that our Savior took bread blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying this is my body broken for you every time you eat of it remember me later on after dinner he would take the cup and hold it up in front of them and he said and this is my blood the blood of the new covenant now shed for you every time you drink it remember me may we remember reflect today and be nourished to take our places as members of the body of Christ. All across the sanctuary now, if you would, stand to your feet, exit your pew to the left. If you can't get to us, we will get to you. And all are welcome, all who understand their need, regardless of where you are on the journey, all who understand their need are welcome at this table.
Father, we do confess that we find ourselves intimidated for a couple of reasons. Number one, Lord, we, we have this tendency to look in the mirror and determine that we are not able to do some things knowing us and knowing ourselves as we do. God, we are also intimidated by the images that we see perhaps online where the news is concerned or TV screens that tell us that things seem to be careening out of control. We look up and the 
wrong candidate is ahead. We look up, Lord, and we wonder about the future of our, of our country. We worry about the future of our state, our planet. We worry about our own future in all sorts of ways. God, what we need, both as we look in the mirror and as we look at the different screens that constantly feed us bad news, what we need is fresh eyes to see you where we cannot see you before. God, your grace, your grace has something to say. And we know as we read scripture, if, if, if these words are to, believe, are to be believed at all, we know that as we read scripture that your grace will have the last word. We understand, God, that your spirit is available. But God, help us to know also that it's evident when we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Heavenly Father, grant us just enough imagination to get involved. Relieve us of any pressure for end results, but marry us to the concept of the power and the beauty of faithfulness, faithful obedience. And may we move faithfully as your people, imperfect as we are, but may we move faithfully as your people, empowered and gifted as we are by your Spirit. moments of intercessory prayer, please join with me as we pray for some people, some events, and some places here and around the world. We ask God to come alongside. I want to begin with a few people. Would you pray with me for the healing of Ken Hardy? Jesus, we ask that you would heal Ken, give him strength. Lord, use the medication and doctors to completely rid him of all cancer provide him health and wholeness into his future. When us stick together, would you pray for Ken Murray? Ken, my goodness, we love Ken. Underwent a stroke this week, spent some time in the hospital, was at home resting, and anticipates a full recovery. Would you please play along with me for Ken and Margaret and for his full recovery of his health? Jesus, heal Ken. Most likely you came into this room knowing someone who needed a specific healing touch from God. And if you need to look through some names or some on a, a prayer notes in the middle of your worship folder, if you want to take a look at that, pick out a name, it's very appropriate to do that. But many of you came in knowing someone needed a specific healing touch from God. Pick out a name, pray for them. space to pray for this event at three o'clock and ask that you would pray for the event, but also pray for those who are incarcerated. If you don't know someone who's incarcerated, would you pray for a friend of mine named Joe? Another friend of mine named Joel. 
want to pray for this event at 4 o'clock and ask that you'd pray for Pastor John as he prepares to speak. Pray for the church of our city as they surround one another in love. As we pray for our city, we want to pray for our educational system, our teachers, foster care system. Lord, would you use us as the body of Christ? And thank you for using us as the body of Christ situations of education, foster care, be with families, be with children, be with teachers. Lord, we pray around the world, we ask you to be with our missionaries around the world, especially those ones in those creative access adventures. Lord, also would you be with our friends in Zambia. Jesus, we want to be the people who are wholly given to you. And so, Lord, would you allow us, as the body of Christ, to individually and corporately, collectively, embody this prayer, the prayer you taught your disciples to pray. In church this morning, we'll be praying with debts and debtors. And if you're unfamiliar with this prayer, it should be on the screens in front of you. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.